0: We believe running is freedom and empowerment. We believe running solves problems and makes people happy. We even believe that if more people run, the world will be a better place. We believe in running because it is our passion. This is the Big Peach Running Company Run ATL Podcast with your host, Mike Cosentino.
1: From the capital of the South, this is the Run ATL Podcast. My name is Mike Cosentino. I am one of two who are extremely. Fortunate to be able to do this. The other, I will delay the introduction. No longer, you know him as D2. We all know him as a good friend, Dolomite Dave Martinez. Let's get a mic check, my friend.
0: Yeah, I am here, and uh, yes, yeah, you know we've uh, we've we've been busy. We've had a lot of stuff going on. I know you went kind of so last uh, on the last podcast with some great advice uh, post Peachtree. So uh, it's good to be back together, even though we are still. Uh, not sitting together
1: that is true together the way that nowadays oftentimes people are together and we're going to show off our range i thought about that from last time when we're doing everything we can as we always do to encourage people to stick with it now we're going to cover an event that only happens traditionally every Four years. This time, let's make it five, the Olympic Games. And we're going to talk about those who are incredibly elite. They probably have the same challenges we do. Some days they just don't feel like making that workout come together. They push through like we hopefully do, but then all of a sudden, some real skill and some long deserved talent shows up. This is going to be a fun episode.
0: Yeah as a matter of fact you know we're obviously we record these uh, episodes in advance of the release date and as we're taping I was you know part of getting set up the opening ceremonies were taking place, so it was kind of cool to see that and get kind of hyped up. It is a little bit different, not seeing the stadiums full of people and the energy, and and that's something that we go into a little bit on this episode as well, as we kind of do a preview of of what events, especially in the track and field events, which uh, you know for us as as you know and most of y'all, if it, you know runners, that's probably where you're going to you know focus your attention on. You know, of course, there's great, and for the most part, I think the the premier events are swimming, gymnastics and the track and field and there are other sports as well but those seem to get the most coverage and for us since you know we're runners and that's kind of our field you know we cover that uh you know on this preview episode maybe in four years we'll get a little bit more into cycling uh, we do get a little bit into triathlon just based on a little bit of my background uh although i have not followed it closely um, this past year
1: and what we ended up doing is we went and got our own celebrity and expert, dear friend, Ty Akins. He, if you've not heard him before, you may remember his name from episode number 103. Ty was on previously sharing his expertise as an NCAA champion, as a hurdler. In fact, he won the NCAA championships at that discipline for the first time at Auburn University since nineteen. 19- 27. He has had his own professional career, still very much follows what is known as ath- athletics in Olympic speak. He's a two time state champion here in the great state of Georgia. So D2 and I, we brought him back because we know he has information absolutely worth sharing, helping all of us get ready for the game so we know who's out there and kind of what to be thinking about as those contests begin and maybe, maybe even as some of the backstories get written. So that was good fun, D2, anytime. And we were together in studio with Ty, so that was pretty cool to kind of do the preview together
0: yeah that's right and and you know the track and field events will start uh the uh, you know friday on july 30th and we've got a event of our own that same weekend that'll sort of kind of be competing uh along with the olympics
1: that that is true it's interesting you mentioned the opening ceremonies will have passed by the time this airs the opening of athletics and other contests will be going on as this airs or perhaps as people are listening to this our own opening ceremonies, maybe more specifically grand re opening ceremonies. You've heard us talk about it. We've done some things even on the run ATL podcast to celebrate the grand reopening at our town Brookhaven store and the official kickoff of our ride and run concept. That's right. We'll have big peach running company and big peach ride and run ride and run gets its wheels officially On that Friday, same time as what the athletics contest began, come watch some of the fun there. We will be ready to go by 10 a.m. on Friday. That is the 30th of July, and we'll be doing fun things all weekend long. Quick agenda for you if you're getting this beforehand. We'll do a group run, 5K distance, 8 a.m. on that Saturday. That's the 31st on Nine o'clock, it will be a group ride. We've got a couple of distances, nothing incredibly long, being hosted and led by our friends from the Brookhaven Bicycle Alliance. And then we've got a number of clinics, including basic bike maintenance, getting started, sticking with it, and staying strong. We have one of our medical professionals who will lead an Ask the Doc seminar, and then we are doing kind of a beginner to novice mountain bike and trail run clinic that D2 will participate in where you'll not only get important knowledge to get started, you'll get some great places where to get started and how to have the most fun all the information of course at BigPeachRunningCo.com. check it out d2 those are going to be opening ceremonies for sure of course all kinds of other things giveaways raffles some fun all weekend long maybe rivaling what's going on in tokyo without all of the fans there
0: yeah i mean and of course you know for as for those of you that are running we'll have a, a few of our vendors out that will you know have giveaways, but they also have demo shoes. So if you're interested in going out for a run and trying out different models, this is a great opportunity to come out because we'll have various uh, vendors out there where typically maybe we only have one. So you could do a comparison in your own kind of test between different models um, and, and different brands. So you're welcome to do that as well and uh we'll have you know gift with purchases we're getting those details and other uh, fun stuff going on that's you know the gift with purchase will be from friday all the way through sunday so or while supplies last because if it if they're if they're gone if it's as big as we hope it'll be they'll be gone before uh yeah you know, they close the doors on on sunday so uh please come out and join us it should be a, a great time um you know the shop looks phenomenal the bikes there phenomenal Um, And for those of you are thinking, oh, it's just going to be another high premium, you know, they're not, they're not. We carry bikes from all different price ranges. So what you, if you're a beginner all the way to, you know, more of an, uh, you know, advanced type rider, we've got bikes there for you. Um, Just the same way we do with uh, running shoes for all levels and all abilities. So come on out
1: awesome and uh the other reminder i'll give you is not to go anywhere we take a brief break this is the olympic episode d2 gave you all the details for ride and run next up we're going to give you all the details you need to get the most out of the track and field and triathlon competitions in the olympics d2 ty akins and i will be right back after this brief message
0: running makes you feel good running is healthy and good for you. Running can even be therapeutic, but running doesn't define you. You are not a runner, but running gives you life. At Big Peach Running Company, we get it. That's why we are the number one running store for those that don't call themselves a runner. That's why our guests use terms like friendly, thoughtful, attentive to describe us in reviews. Come see us at any of our seven metro Atlanta area locations or visit us at bigpeachrunningco.com.
1: And welcome back to the Run ATL podcast. You could probably tell from the enthusiasm in our voices, special treat and very timely. D2, there used to be that suggestion that we not reveal when we tape our episodes or be too specific with the content. We are going to violate that. It seems like coming back from a lot of what we learned last year when stores were closed and the world was much different, we're just going to continue that violation. It is almost... The Olympics. It has only been five episodes since we've had Ty Aikens, and we are bringing him back because he is our Olympic specialist. Hi, welcome back to the Run ATL Podcast. Happy to be
2: back. I'm happy to be back. You know it's always exciting, especially when we can talk track and field.
1: Yes, and that's what we're going to do. For those who are hearing his dulcet tones for the first time, do yourself a favor, go back, listen to episode 103. You'll learn a lot about a lot of different things. This time, however, we're going to be super specific. Ty, as you know, the Olympics, they begin this month. In fact, this episode will air after the opening ceremonies have yep. concluded. But before the track and field, or what is known as athletics, actually commences. So before I get into some specific questions, mm-hmm. what do you think, as a former professional athlete in this arena, what do you kind of think about as you get this close to just being a bit of a spectator and an enthusiast mm-hmm. for world-class track and field? So
2: so it's a few things. I think, number one, you, you understand the magnitude of of what they're getting ready to embark on like mm-hmm. this is this is it this is why you start running track like you run mm-hmm. track
1: to make it to the olympics and get an olympic medal so so, so let me ask you this so that yeah. i'm going to pick at that because yes. you're a national champion you had a tremendous yep. amount of success we talked about yep. this last episode not only collegiately yep. but also here in the state of georgia won state championships is it really that way for these let's say young runners maybe middle school high school they oh, have yeah. some talent they have some oh, results yeah. they're already thinking about the olympics oh yeah
2: that's why you that's why you do it okay. i mean because i think on a on a when you think about the big scale that's the biggest scale that's the biggest the biggest and bright the, light, the lights are shining the brightest like so there's no bigger track meet than the olympics and when you think about it you know that's that's it that's your super bowl of track you know and so and it's even bigger than that because it's every 4 years so it's not you know even the super bowl is every year so i think Yeah. When I I know me personally, when I start first start running, that was like my first thing. Like before I even knew what a a national championship was or a state championship, I was like, oh, Olympics, 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 you know, and just the spirit of Olympics, period, is like just it's all around like, hey, this is it. So knowing that, you know, so so when I'm now that I'm a spectator, of course, I didn't make the Olympics. I was close, but no cigar. Uh, Now that now that I look at it now, it's just like, man, I just know that the the. You know, I guess the 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 motivation and the mindset of these athletes headed into what's going to be the biggest race of their life is just—I mean—you're hyper focused like no other. You have to be, you know. And so, so it's amazing to watch, man. I love it. I, I I watch I watch every bit of it, you know, swimming, gymnastics, all of it. But of course, track and field is just my baby. So of course, you know, I'm watching everything with that. So.
1: Well, let's dive right into it. What D2 and I wanted to do was just kind of have a conversation. Obviously, your enthusiasm, I can admit. For me, it takes a little while to get going. I'm not that person who's (laughs) camped out in front of my TV for the Olympic ceremonies necessarily. I've had the good fortune of being at the games the last couple of times, and there's some energy there. You cannot replicate, probably, in your living room. But once you start to see the competitors and once the competition Mm -hmm. itself begins, it's super easy to get caught up in it. So let's get everybody kind of caught up in it to the extent that we can without. So going to athletics as a place to start, let's start with your specialty. Let's talk about hurdles for men and for women. We'll start easy with you and maybe we'll talk (laughs) you into giving us some perspective on the marathon or other things that you don't have quite the personal resume, but let's start with hurdles. What are some things that, whether the US team or quite frankly on the global stage, you might suggest would tune us into what's going on as these games get well started.
2: I think I think the hurdles is probably you know meeper I'm biased so I'm gonna say the hurdles is your number one event you need to watch but I will tell you if just if you're just a novice you know don't know anything about track but love the Olympics the hurdles is something you want to watch because we have the opportunity to possibly see the world record being broke in the men and women. Because though, uh, Kenny Harris, which is the, the U.S. champion, she'll be in Tokyo. She's, um, she's actually the current world record holder, you know. And so she may be able to break her own record. It's going to be – she put it out there. so But she can – it's her record, so she can break it. And on the men's side, you know, um, Grant Holloway, oh, my God, this guy – he's something special. He um at the at the trials he was .1 from the uh world record .01 I'm sorry. from mm, the world record.
1: That's so 100th. Yes.
2: Yeah, so a he was sneezing at the world record. You know, <laughs> he may have blinked a certain way and that was he would have tied the world record. So I know he's going to be he's going to be tough and he has a really good chance of breaking the world record because his competition um, the the guy from Jamaica, he's very fast, and so if if Grant end up racing him, I think Grant can end up, you know, beating him. And if he beat him, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fast race.
1: So we'll talk about the U.S. as a team and, and their chances yeah. of maybe dominating or certainly performing well relative to total medal count. But before we get there, and even before we leave hurdles, one of the things that you leaned into a little bit last time you were here, even off microphone, is the technique. And how important that is, especially for a hurdler, and I say especially probably for every single one of these athletes in every single one of these disciplines. But what do you think is going to be the real difference between maybe a world record being set or not, or maybe some of these American athletes bringing home the gold or not? Where will these races be won or lost?
2: I think you're going to have to be a creature of habit. You're going to have to go in and do exactly what it has taken to get you there you don't go to the Olympics and do anything new. You don't get there and now I got to work on technique or now I got to get faster or now I got to do this. No, no, no. Whatever it took for you to get there is what you continue to do. And I think the biggest thing for them is going to be able to compartmentalize that knowing that, hey, this is the biggest race of my life, but at the same time, I got to do the same thing it took to get me there. Because I think when you go outside of doing any of the things that have taken – You To get there, then then that's when you're going to have some drama. Just like when you take Grant Holloway, for example. If you think about it, he was .01 from the world record. So you shouldn't do anything different other than just continue to focus on your lane and your race, and you should be okay. Because that time that he ran is the second fastest in the history of track and field, and it's the second fastest by .08 or something like that so yep. you know the, the the guys that's in his field is nowhere close to what he's done already and so you don't want to get in there and try to do something new
1: <laughs> well and all these men and women yeah. are super fast oh and, yeah and you told us a little bit last time about the arms and the body placement yeah. the number of steps and you know yeah. the landing the launch and all that so oh, yeah. we know now that matters it's not just who's the fastest yeah. and in this instance get over the hurdles let's talk a little bit about the, the sprints obviously yeah. Big headline. We're going to hear so much about it. Why do we spend time on it? Usain Bolt retired since the last Olympics. Obviously, that creates a little bit of a void, if nothing else, promotionally, but I would say also from a performance standpoint. Thinking about these sprint events that always garner so much attention and rightfully so, so much enthusiasm from both the at-home and, in most instances, Mm -hmm. not this year, the in-stadium audience. What do you see happening more... Of the same meaning it's the americans versus the athletes from the caribbean or or what do you think is going to happen now in these sprint events
2: i think it's about the same at the, the, the americans versus the caribbeans i think you know jamaica they have three very strong girls and and they are they are ready and then the men the men as well i think the men is more so spread out a little better but i think the women is going to be america versus jamaica i think okay. the men are going to be more a little more diverse as far as just different people from here and there but of course you know, not to be biased, but the. US is always strong in, in all of those areas. So.
1: so So let me ask you this. if you think about 100, 200, maybe even 400, yeah. do you see an athlete from any country who's going to step in on the men's and women's side and just be on the podium every? discipline or perhaps even multiple goals or do you think it is more widespread this this particular time around
2: no it's widespread I don't we don't have that we don't have that guy anymore that's going to be able to do that boat was that guy that was able to go one Mm -hmm. two four by one you know and and really if he wanted to run it probably the four by four as well but he you know he wouldn't run that but but no we don't have that guy it's going to be more spread out we're gonna it's going to be more so you know you have your uh Bromel in the 100 and then you know whoever you have in the 200 so it's going to be it's going to be spread out a lot more which I also think is is good too because it keeps us on the edge of our seats just you know not knowing you know the 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 end result i think bolt was such a you know, such a, a a standard for us that we had started, not only, you know, we knew he was going to win, but we were more so gray, you know, will he break the world record this time? Or will he shatter this record? Mm-hmm. So we were, you know, it was kind of him versus the clock. So, so I think it, it, it's much more spread out of, to keep us on our toes. And so it'll be interesting to watch.
1: Well, and we'll get to know more athletes that way, I think, as well, if we don't have someone with tremendous range who's likely to be up at the top all the time. So I've got some general questions for you, Ty. I'm going to give you my first one of those right now. I leaned into it just a minute or two ago. No in-stadium audience. To what degree will that have an impact on performance, especially in those sprint events when you're used to a Full yeah. stadium at the Olympics. Yeah. In this instance, obviously, plenty of cameras. There are going to be certain people in there, administration, mm-hmm. race officials, others who have some way to get around the restrictions. But it's going to seem much different than it did yeah. now, five years ago, since we were in Rio. Certainly, from experiences they've had, even competing in Europe or at world championships, what's it going to be like for them to try to get their best performance? In a very non-traditional yeah, environment,
2: I think it's. I think that's probably going to be the most challenging part of their Olympic experience because, you know, I think every every conversation I've ever had with any sprinter, hurdler, anyone that has competed at the at, at the Olympics or the Olympic final or the Olympic prelims, any of that, they always mention coming out of that tunnel and just seeing a. a stadium full cameras flashing like that just just got the endorphins flowing and it was just an unbelievable feeling so now we have a group of olympians that won't even get that feel Mm. (laughs) you know so it's which which makes it where they got to be even more in tune with being focused and hyper focused because there is no crowd, cameras flashing to get the endorphins going. And that's what the Olympics is known for. Like, even when we watch it on TV, they show a pan of the ca- crowd and you could just see the cameras flashing, the people just, you know, going crazy. And, and so we got, a, we got a group of Olympians that's gonna miss that. And so I think it's gonna be much more different. I think it's gonna be um, much harder for them to, to, I guess, feed off the crowd, especially when you think about events like the jumps. Like the jumps is a events that are just so crowd basically dominated because basically when you when you're going down the runway, you're getting the crowd into it. The crowd got a certain uh clap that they do when the jumpers are getting mm-hmm. ready to jump, high jump, long, jump, triple jump. And so now you take the crowd away, these guys are just literally running and jumping. <laughs> you know and so that that's a totally different dynamic to that event, which you know, people go to watch the jumps just because of that. Sure. You know, and so I, I think it's going to be, I think that's probably going to be the biggest, um, the biggest, you know, challenge that the, our Olympians are going to have with, without having a crowd.
1: So do you think maybe less Olympic records, less world records, yeah. just as a result of that one element? More than answered? likely.
2: More than likely. Because yeah. I think the, it's, it's just something, I just know, I, I'll tell you, my, one of the first professional races I ever ran in was in Rome. It was, at the time, it was a Golden League and, you know, I'm I'm from the U.S. where, you know, track is track is decent, but it's not as big as it is in Europe or anywhere else on the world stage. And I remember, you know, my the biggest track meet I had ever been to was, you know, of course, the NCAA championships where we have, you know, maybe five thousand in the stands, which you know, is a is a packed house. And I get to this stadium in Rome and there's roughly about 20,000. I'm like, whoa, 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 this is this is different. And I just remembered how I wasn't feeling my best. I wasn't, you know, feeling good or whatever the case may be. But it just, it amped me up so much. I mean, I still lost, don't get me wrong, but I ran, you know, a really good time. And I was like, man, this is, I can do this forever with the crowds like this. So the crowds definitely play a a big part.
1: Well, and everybody gets that, right? I mean, yeah. it doesn't matter what country you're from oh, yeah. or perhaps where yeah. you're ranked or seated going into the event. Everybody gets a bit of a boost from yeah. the crowd. Heck, for those of us who have run local 5Ks or gone out oh, yeah. and done you know, big marathons in major markets, yeah. the reality is we come to that one corner where everybody's congregated, or it might just be our own family. Yeah and our four-year-old son or daughter has the sign that says, press here for power, keep going, mom or dad. That's super cool. And we take off from that corner like we're Olympians and now not to have that as an Olympian. You mentioned the jumpers. Let's talk about the jumping. Not nearly the notoriety for some of the American athletes as what some of the sprint events or maybe even some of the other events, but it doesn't mean there's not talent here in the good old US of A. What do you think is our forecast Relative to performance for the U.S. specifically in the jump uh, events, I think,
2: I think, I think we're going to be, I think we're going to shock some people. I know, you know, of course, in the triple jump, I think we got a, you know, worldwide. I think the the Cubans got a girl that can jump pretty good, and that, you know, there's a few, there's a few that's going to be contenders, but I think we'll definitely medal in both. I okay. know, I know, in the long jump for sure. You know, when you think about Brittany Reese, you know, she's been, you know, the Pretty much the gold standard for being consistently on the po on the podium. So, you know, I, I don't see that changing here. You know, she went to school with me, with Ole Miss, and, and of course I was Auburn. But, you know, she'll be she'll be you know she'll be on the podium as well. But I think I think we'll definitely make the podium. I don't think it'll be as dominant as it used to be. I know you know in the triple jump we used to have a Christian Taylor, but he he hurt himself, and I think he was actually trying to go for the world record. So mm-hmm. you know you, you hate to see that happen, but but yeah, we'll be definitely in contention. You know, we still have Will Clay and and some of the younger guys. But it'll be it'll be definitely interesting to watch. I just I, I really I'm telling you, man, I, I feel for the jumpers because I know how important the crowd clap and the chant and anybody that everybody that's listening to this podcast, you know, when when the jumpers come around and they get that clap, the crowd clap with them. It, it gives the crowd such a I don't know. It almost gives them sort of a a responsibility to help these guys and it's 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 crazy because they're not just centered around one athlete they do it for everybody so no matter you know it's it's just i don't know it's different so when the jumpers come out it's just different and
1: without it being a crowd it's going to be it's going to be tricky to watch so you may not be any more qualified than i am to answer this question (laughs) but since i get to ask the questions i'm off the hook and you're not so we just talked about the jumpers briefly, what about the throwers? Because I remember even being in Rio, let alone at my daughter's track and field events, On the GHSA level recently, it seems like that's what oftentimes gets lost. Where they're out there and I watch these throwers on a men and women's side and I'm amazed when my attention happens to focus there and I see the distance they're achieving, the effort they're putting forth. And yet, unlike the jumpers, when you, I mean, I can hear, as you talked about it, in my head, the soundtrack is playing back (laughs) what that clapping sounds like as they head down that runway I can think about the enthusiasm before the starter says quiet please and now everything goes deathly quiet before a big event on the track where there's sprinters there but on the throwers it's kind of like I look at the results the next day or I ask someone else what happened because I couldn't really mark the distance myself and see who had the best throw what are we going to do on the throwers this year and are they impacted nearly as much or at all by the fact that there's not a stadium so so i think
2: well i think two things i think the throwers i think the throwers probably used to it anyway (laughs) you know by being kind of the you know stepchild so to speak or whatever the case may be but i also think that they will um so let me backtrack so so typically the throwers when they when they make the final Mm -hmm. usually they're kind of on you know they have their own designated time like okay the shot put finals is at this time you know, so people can kind of focus so there aren't on other it. events going right. on at that so there, point yeah, at this yeah. level. Okay, it's not overlapping it as much, but usually in the rounds, they don't get any any recognition because it's just like, oh, it's the rounds of the throws. where we got you know multiple throws going on at the same time, and by the way, we got the four hundred followed by the steeplechase, followed by a hundred, followed by you know the hurdles, and you know if somebody does something outstanding in the in the first rounds we have to basically rewind it and go back and watch it. Or if you were at the meet, you had to hear about it. You missed it, you know, or whatever the case may be. And so, you know, I think, I think that's, you know, I think with the scheduling, they're trying to figure out a better way of doing it. But I just, I don't know how they're going to do that. That's their job, not mine. But I think they may come out a little bit better on, in this situation, just because without, you know, the crowd and all the other stuff going on, we may be able to actually focus on them a little more.
1: Very cool. We'll
2: see, though. I don't know because, I mean, maybe it, it just depends on the scheduling. I know I know for the longest they've always been trying to tweak the schedule where, you know, everybody could get a fair advantage as far as, you know, eyes being on you and the crowd support because the crowd support is just that much more important,
1: you know. Well, and, and the finals are, not surprisingly, towards uh, the end, a lot of the throw finals – um, all the way into the the back sessions. Hopefully, that'll generate, if yep. nothing else, more coverage so we can follow it on TV. The other thing that we just have to be mindful of, and it seems like it comes up every year. My second general question is: How will the weather and the other considerations? Obviously, you know we've heard everything in terms of well, these are the Summer Olympics. I remember in 19. 19- 96 Centennial Olympic Games here in our backyard. Everybody was concerned about having Summer Olympics in a place where the humidity can be so yeah. obvious and the heat can be so oppressive. I remember Beijing, the discussion about the, the pollution smog, yeah. or the smog <laughs> concerns. What is it going to be like in Tokyo, just relative to the general conditions in your estimation? I, and how does that impact the... Well, atmosphere?
2: from what I've heard, the general conditions is, is fine. I mean, I think it's it should be good. I think, you know, if, obviously you always have to worry about your, you know, your rains and your Different weathers of that that nature, but I think from what I've heard thus far, it should be normal as I guess as normal as it could be. No okay. smog, no you know crazy craziness, but but I think you know at this point, man, most of the athletes, they I don't even I, I know me personally, and I and I think I can speak for a few of the people that's there that I know. You're not worried about anything weather at this point. <laughs> I mean, the only time I've ever had problem with rain or any of that stuff is if it was only raining in my lane. So if my lane was <laughs> wet and the rest of the lanes were dry, now I got a problem with the rain. But until that happened, hey, let it rain, you know, whatever the case may be. I think obviously, you know, the weather will affect, you know, other events. Well, it'll affect events more, more often than not. You know, you think about something like the high jump or... You know some of the throws you know rain sort of affects those from a standpoint of seeing a far mark or a high jump but but for the most part at these meets man you want to win i mean i don't care if we run the, the historic slowest time in the event as long as i come across there first that's what i'm looking at it's against the competition first, absolutely the clock well, let's absolutely.
1: talk a little bit about tokyo both of us have been to tokyo only yep. one of us as an athlete the punchline is it was not me who was there (laughs) as an athlete. So you've competed in Tokyo. What are your thoughts just in general in terms of, I know they've built new venues and obviously there are things that change in all world-class cities on a regular basis. But when you were there as an athlete, the hospitality, kind of the accommodations for world-class performers, anything you would say about what you think Tokyo will be like for the Olympians, even though we won't have... Crowds in the stadium. If it was if it
2: was anything close to how it was when I went for the few track meets that I ran there, it was probably one of the most hospitable hospitable places I've ever been. I mean, they were, you know, they basically rolled out the red carpet for us, man. It was, I mean, anything that we we thought we needed, it was it was done. And so I, I would imagine, you know, for something like this on even a larger scale, it would probably be you know just a1 now here's the the elephant in the room I mean of course the world did end a year ago and so now there's a, a huge change on how we operate as far as you know just everything every aspect of how we operate so I don't know how that may uh, may affect the way in which they they um you know they treat people as far as hospitality but I I don't see it being too far from how they did when we were there so when we were there it was it was unbelievable man we you know we had a Uh, a person to take us around and show us all of the things that were nice about tokyo and you know went ate some really good sushi like unbelievable just stuff i've never seen in my life i'm and i was like oh yeah i'm from the us we got plenty of japanese places it was it was like no 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 no. (laughs) you have american japanese this is real and it was it was the best ever but
1: but yeah i think they'll be i think they'll be really good so this is a complete and maybe totally unnecessary tangent you mentioned rome yep you and I have both been there. You mentioned Tokyo. You just no. said Tokyo, best sushi ever. Yep. I would agree with that. How about in Rome? Best pizza ever? Yes. Really? Well, well, wait, 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 wait. See that's where we wait, disagree. i wait, like, wait, wait. I'll take American pizza all no, day, no, no, over no, no. everywhere I ever had it. So,
2: Italy. so I wouldn't say Rome per se, but I'll say Italy, yes. Okay, I, you and I've I like been, different pizza apparently. Yeah, yeah. Well, I so so I'm gonna tell you, you gotta go to Sicily as well. oh, so, it's sis- not oh there. the thick, that's the thick, that's the thick crust. So it was really good. See,
1: that's what I like. So maybe that. that oh was my yeah, yeah. You need
2: Sicily, but see, I like the thin as well because it's, it's. I, I figured all the athletes so probably eat thin, oh, and that's why they would like the
1: obviously more vegetables thinner crust. Okay,
2: but Sicily you would love oh my god if you like the thicker crust you would you would just die in sicily it's good right. it's unbelievable on
1: okay very cool well i can understand the sushi that's a very hearty pre-olympic meal for some okay i'm going to take you to some uncharted territory okay so let's we're go going on. into some distances and i know how much you love running distance we right. had tie on last time We've oftentimes asked him to join us in our group runs. We go a few nope. miles and he says, I'll join you for a few steps. So that'll tell you a little bit about what to expect. 800 right. before we go to 1600 or even further. 800, my favorite event to watch, actually. Mm-hmm. I just love kind of that blend of endurance and speed. Yeah. And it's got to be all of both. Yep. Any thoughts on the 800, given uh, I'm not the only one who loves that event?
2: I think, I, I think we'll have a good, especially in the women, I I think we may have a good chance of seeing a gold medal for the U.S. I think we, I, I, I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested to watch that as well. I think the 800 is, in my opinion, is probably one of the more, more toughest, t- one of the more tougher races in track and field. To be honest. Uh, It's just, ah, it's
1: grueling. There are some who would tell you it is the toughest, no matter what the hurdlers have to go through with it. It's the 800. Those men and women suffer the most. Well,
2: the only people that can rival the 800 is probably the 400 hurdles. Okay. But but the 800 is tough. But I I think we may see a gold medal for the U.S. So it's the U.S. women. Uh, The men, uh, it's going to be tricky. I think the men is going to be more tricky. So we'll have to stay on the edge of our seats for that. The women is going to be a, a really good one to watch, for sure.
1: All right. And how about uh, 1600? What do you think? Can you even comment on that? Do you even know uh, that that's an actual Olympic distance? I Listen, I think, so the
2: 1600, it is a distance. I think they go around, what, two or three times or something? I mean, <laughs> I, mean I, I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah. No so, ignition. So we, uh, did Sensuous did, uh, make it in the uh, 1600, I believe, is who we have? Or am I or am I am I am I looking at this the wrong way? Am I am I mixing it up? So it's the f- uh, 1500 1500 yeah that's what, 1500, what it, 1600, 1600 is Georgia 1600. Georgia High School Association. Yes exactly. So <laughs> 1500 is that yeah. long distance. Yeah. And so I think I mean listen, you can you can close your eyes and point to an event and I think with the US we would be you know in the runnings for a medal. It's just it, it, I, I often tell people the hardest track meet that you will run is the U.S. Olympic trials, because once you make it past the Olympic trials, you know, you're you, you know, I all due respect to every every other country. But I mean, the Olympic trials is unbelievable. Like I, to give you perspective, in 2012, I was in the Olympic trial final. So it's eight lanes. Right. So I was ranked at the time number 10 in the world. And so out of all eight lanes that were in the final, you can go look it up. It's on YouTube. <laughs> all eight guys were ranked in the top 10 in the world. So out of, you take the top 10 in the world, you take basically one guy was Cuban and I, I forget who was the other guy, but you pull those two guys away. The, the eight that you're left with were all Americans. And so you, so you got to ask yourself now, if you're anywhere else in the world, you're not going against, you know, Three of the guys that's ranked top ten in the world, not let alone eight <laughs> so so i I say that to give you perspective of how deep the u s is in each every event I mean every event they're deep you know you know so so the only uh, you know they they're they're
1: deep <laughs> so let's talk about the trials for a second because there were a lot of headlines that came out yep. certainly some notable performances as usual terrific hosting yep. job by those in Eugene the drug testing ended up taking headlines by the time the curtains came down and some of the athletes went home any thoughts on the role that drug testing will play through these games or anything that you think Will not maybe be as much of a surprise mm. by the time we get towards the end of the competition and getting to the finals. Yeah.
2: Well, I think you know I think the drug testing is important. You know it keeps the it, it keeps the integrity of the sport. You know and then a, a, and with a sport that has a you know dark cloud of, you know this guy or that gal being you know, PED driven or whatever the case may be. So I think it I think it plays its role. I mean you know one of the headlines was you know our top american women woman sprinters you know she was basically disqualified because of you know a, a, a violation i think it was cannabis or weed or something like that and and i think you know rules are rules and you know she she broke the rules so i think i, I understand the, the punishment you know and i but I, I also i think it was situational as well because i think we heard the, the situation was such a a, a unique or such a one-off situation that you know it's it, I, I guarantee you the people that was involved I, they, I, I guarantee you they probably hated to to enforce that ban or that rule because it was just it wasn't the it wasn't the oh I'm goofing off you know whatever it was it was just a combination of things that we you know a lot of us don't even know how to deal with so so I, I hate to see that happen but again you know The rules are the rules, you know, and we, you know, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a guy that's going to tell you, oh, they should have let her run or whatever the case may be. I know, I think, you know, maybe four years from now we may look back and say, oh man, just think that was a rule four years ago. A girl didn't get to run because of this rule, and now it's just, you know, it's not a rule anymore. So, Mm. but we can't, we can't, we can't govern off that. You can't govern off, you know, hey, this. This uh this speed zone may be forty-five next week, so I won't give you a ticket today for going forty-five in a twenty-five. No, it's twenty-five today, so you get a ticket. So yeah. so I think that was unfortunate, you know, and, and but it but it also teaches us that we have to we have to be, I mean, just so much more focused and, and so much more just in tune with, you know, what could go wrong, you know. And I always I always try to You know, I always try to approach things that way and I and I think for my heart goes out to 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 this young lady just because, you know, you talk about the death of a a parent. Not only not only a parent, but your mom, the person that brought you into this world. So I don't I mean, if it were me, I don't even know if I would have been able to to run. I would have been just, you know, it would it would have devastated me to a point of just they would have had to put me in a in a psych ward or somewhere, but but you know, so I, I don't I can't Act like I know, you know. She should've did this. She should've did that. I, you know, I was surprised she held it together enough to have a performance. So, mm. so I think the whole situation was just unfortunate. And I think the people that, like I say, I think the people that 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 had to enforce that rule. I think they enforced that one. That was one that they enforced from a standpoint of like, man, this is just, you know, we we have to. So.
1: Well, I'm going to take you even further along on the distances. You know, we, of course, can't cover every single discipline. Let's do well it. Well over 20 on both the men's and women's side. So with all apologies to those who want steeplechase, other distances. And the race walk. More specifics. But <laughs> 5,000 and 10,000 meter, obviously, for those of us who maybe are a little bit more distance-oriented, what do you have to offer us I, so relative to those events?
2: So... My, I, I first got my real appreciation for the 10,000 when I started running professionally because I, I was able to see it at such a, such a different level. And, and I guess the, the strategy and uh, just the, the way that they ran, it was just such a, it was so intriguing to me. You know, even a sprinter like me would sit in the stands and watch it. I say that to say this. I think that it's, I, I think we're going to, I think on the women's side, I think we'll medal. Men's side? I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting, man. I, I don't know. I think it'll keep us on our seat, but I, I, it's hard to call.
1: Well, and we, of course, have a distance that we have to cover. D2 may have to bail us out on this, but it wasn't that long ago, although I think for some of us, it seems like it was years that the Olympic yeah. marathon trials were here in Atlanta. What oh, yeah. a special weekend that was and now it's time for the Olympic marathon. After all, yeah. we should have an Olympic marathon after yep. such a special weekend. Any thoughts on the men's or women's side for the marathon itself?
2: Well I'm I'm um I think I'm really interested to see how Malaysidell do on mm-hmm. the women's side. Um I think she she's been running pretty pretty good. Um, you know, so so best of luck there. But I I don't know, man. It's gonna be an interesting one. I mean I think that I, I think I don't know. I just, I'd be wanting to put us on the podium, but I just, it's just so hard. Like, and and it's nothing against our athletes, just the, just the, the, the competition is so steep in that. Oh, I mean, everybody got a few people that are really, really like podium ready on. So it's, it's hard, but I think we, I think we'll fare just fine.
0: Well, I would say that, you know, I'm not familiar with a lot of the international field, but I yeah. think just based on what we saw here in Atlanta, you know, um, Alephine and yeah. Molly are, yeah. are favorites. Yeah. Um, Just because they're representing the U.S., I think that's who we're pulling for. sure. But, uh, you know, they've also been training together. If you've been following them on social media, you know, through Instagram, they're out in Flagstaff, and they're training together. Allie just, you know, is coming off of just having a baby, and she was here um, for the Petrie Road Race and and ran that as well. And so her workouts seem like they're, you know, she's on target. She's got a great coach with Ben Rosario, and I'm not sure who Molly's being coached by, but the fact that they're working together as teammates because it's interesting because they they're sponsored by different yep, brands different brands yep. oh, and yeah. but they're they live in, in flagstaff molly uh recently i think uh, the, you know a couple months ago ended up moving out to um flagstaff oh, okay. bought a house out there so that's that's where she's training and flagstaff seems to be kind of like the destination The that's destination it's like uh, about, yeah. the, the, it's the, the distance yeah i mean yeah. it's yeah i mean there's a you know uh, i would say it's sort of a mecca now of yeah. um for that you know marathon training groups yeah. you know with uh, the hoka team out there and then all the other people that are there it used to be i think uh, other places uh, you know um out in california oh, and yeah. boulder and mm-hmm. i think now flagstaff is yeah. you know you know jim Walmsley is out there you know as well so there's a lot of long you know, ultra runners and, and distance runners out oh, yeah. in flagstaff
1: so let's ask this you just brought you may say it's not something you can comment on or have any real knowledge on when molly was in town for the olympic trials she was part of The Saucony crew. Obviously, D2 mentioned that different sponsors, and she's not a Saucony athlete currently. And I don't know how that works. You know, if I would have been an agent, I would have thought that you need to wrap up whatever is the quadrennium so that if they make the team, they're also running for the same sponsors or partners through Mm -hmm. the games themselves, whether they're delayed a year or not. To what degree can you talk about how sponsorships like that work cuz yeah. Molly is going to be a super high profile athlete yeah. in that particular discipline and the fact that she was a super high profile athlete in atlanta for the trials with sokany yeah. but it won't be with sokany we mentioned in the intro yeah. you obviously rightfully have your bias towards sokany yeah. any thoughts on on that particular situation well I, you know
2: I, so simply put i think you know they you know it was a situation where you know they they gotta figure out the best situation for them you know of course here at soccer we wanted molly wholeheartedly you know she she had just you know accomplished a huge feat but i think there's just so many different factors that go into you know switching companies you know contracts being up and stuff like renegotiation and all that kind of stuff so it was just it was a situation where i think it just worked out better for her and that's you know we wish her, I know at soccer. we wish her well, you know, we still keep up with her, definitely, you know, want her to do the best. But I mean, I think it was it was a situation where it just worked for all parties involved. And, and she, you know, did what was best for her. And I think it was just, you know, better situation for her, so, for sure.
1: Well, and you mentioned, obviously, it's all right for us as Americans to pull for the Americans, oh, yeah. regardless of what they, what they might yeah. be wearing. You
2: know, that's one of the things I think with what a lot of people miss about Olympics is like, you know, of course, when we're at war or whatever the case may be, you have your country pride. But, like, Olympics is, like, the one thing, like, from a country pride that I just, I just wear that American flag with such pride because it's like, oh, I'm, okay, we're going to battle, but it's a different battle. Like, it's on the, you know, the athletic field, or the, you know, the swimming pool, the, you know, archery or whatever. You know, wherever it is, it's like such a, a, a country pride thing that it's just unbelievable. And so I think that's one of the things that we definitely got to make sure we we uh, don't lose with the Olympic spirit is, you know, our pride for country and, you know, make sure we keep pulling for the U.S.
1: Well, it's funny you say that because that's the part that I've said. And now I guess I'll say on air that I think is really going to be sorely missed for those who have been as a spectator to the games before is the way people from different countries yeah. come together around sport oh, yeah. you see it in the athletes because it's on tv or it's in yeah. the highlights but the same is true in the stands oh, yeah. right it's 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 so much fun to go to a contest for two countries that yeah. you may have never even visited and quite frankly a sport because the ticket was easier to get that you've never watched before yeah. Oh, yeah. and you watch the countries perform and those who have come specifically, but then all the others, they start to find their favorite team or their favorite Mm -hmm. team members or what have you. And then before you know it, there's conversation even between languages that are not mutually understood. And it's just a camaraderie that is so, so special in stadium and quite frankly, Uh, around stadium or at at local venues. That's the part that I think you just can't replace. It
2: It just gives such a deep appreciation for appreciating people that aren't like you <laughs> don't uh from just totally different backgrounds totally different stratosphere from what you know it just get, it, it allows you to open your mind to a point of, that you've never thought to open it you know and even with the sports you know you look at just the different the different sport badminton and stuff like that stuff that you would normally probably never watch and you're like oh man i'm i'm really into this you know yep. and so it's you know it's just different stuff i think that's one of the things that you know olympics is
1: is uh, great for Well, I remember in Rio last time watching this field hockey, and it was, I don't know that I'm going to get this country right. Nobody's going to be able to call me out unless they really dive deep into the archives. But I think it was Ghana, or it was certainly an African country, was taking on Argentina. And this was the final of the qualifying rounds, and neither team had amassed enough points that it didn't matter who won. Neither was going in to the medal round. So this Mm -hmm. game meant absolutely nothing other than obviously the pride for those who were on the field and those who had the flag that these athletes were representing that respective country. Easy ticket to get for those of us who had never really been around field hockey, awesome way to kind of get more familiar with the sport. So we go and of course we're in Brazil and if it's me and it's Canada or Mexico, it doesn't matter who they're playing, I'm pulling for Canada or Mexico because they're neighbors. (laughs) Most of the people in there were from Brazil because these are locals who have now come to watch this because they have nothing better to do. Again, an easy ticket to get. I had no idea how much it just doesn't work between Brazil and Argentina because this team from Ghana, you might have thought they were the home team (laughs) because everybody from Brazil was rooting against Argentina to the point (laughs) where when Ghana came back against Argentina and all the Argentinians that were in there... Our security detail took us out of the stadium because they said it is about to get ugly in here and by the time i got back and i'm talking to some brazilian like what just happened in there and they're like it's just never i would have thought i was at the world cup final between brazil and argentina watching These two teams, one of which didn't even have a team on the field. So (laughs) it could probably work both ways, I will say. You know, I'm still for the uh, Canadians and for those in Mexico if the U.S. isn't playing. All right, D2, you're going to have to pull us out on this one. We cannot forget triathlon. On the same night that Athletics opens, we have our Ride and Run kickoff. We've already made that announcement. So for those of you who are not familiar with what Big Peach Ride and Run is, do your homework. We'll put something in the show notes. But triathlon is a thing too. Americans have had some deep history there. I'm not gonna put this on tie. you follow it more closely. What can we kind of expect from a triathlon perspective this year?
0: Well, I mean, I think uh, I have not have not followed it as much as I have in previous years, um, but let's start out with the women. I mean, right now, um, I think the favorite right now is Flora Duffy from Bermuda. She has um, she was a 2016-2017 World Triathlon Series champion and has won several uh, XTERRA World Championship and Commonwealth Games. So she's a favorite. Uh, uh, Britain's there's a Georgia Taylor Brown. On the U.S. side, though, there's Summer Rappaport, uh, 29 years old, um, and... There's also Katie Zephyries um, and the wild card is Taylor Nibb from the USA. Um, she is the youngest female triathlete to make the U.S. Olympic team. Um, and in a previous race, she actually broke away with um, Flora Duffy in a sprint event. So she has the capability but she's you know 23, so she doesn't really have the experience. But there is that possibility where she can kind of break out and uh, and and surprise everyone. So um, at the very least, she will, will if she doesn't if, if we don't hear anything spectacular from her this uh, round of Olympics, we'll see her again in another four to and, and probably eight years um, as well. So she's got a long uh, a good career ahead of her. On the men's side, um, you know, right now it's uh, some names I ha- I'm not fam- quite familiar with, but uh, new is uh, Alex Yi from uh, Great Britain. He seems to be a, a favorite. He has was a professional runner, so that's really where you win a triathlon. It's on the run. It's that last leg. If you're a strong runner, um, you could have a a not so great swim or ride and make it up on the run. Um, on the U.S., there's uh, Morgan Pearson, um, uh, who's also a former collegiate and pro runner, and picked up uh, triathlon back in, in 2017. Um, and then uh, let's see who else we got. Spain, Mario Mola. He's 31 year old, and he has often been overshadowed by uh, his teammate Javier Gomez. And Javier has been, you know, really big in the uh, world triathlon, um, you know, circuit, and is. Uh, I think he's tried to cross into the Ironman long distance, but he, Javier is, is definitely a, um, a, a at the Olympic uh, distance for the last uh, few years uh, at the Olympics. And then um, Johnny Brownlee, who is the defending silver medalist, um, um, so he's back. Um, him and his brother, um, Alistair, have dominated on the world triathlon circuit, so he's definitely a contender Um so he's got probably the, the best experience or the most experience out of all those guys. Yeah. So he's definitely, definitely a contender. So that's what we got to, to look forward to. Um, you know, and I think it was you know, triathlon is still a fairly new sport, yeah. not only uh, as in general, but at the Olympics. I think it was, it was in Australia at those summer games where it was first introduced. So
1: um, you know, really exciting stuff going on there. For sure there is, and they're adding some disciplines. The course looks absolutely Amazing. That is our Olympic preview, but with Ty here, we're going to have some fun. You have got to get your answers in early. Like we said, this episode will release on the Monday prior to the Friday kickoff for track and field, or what's known in the Olympic speak as athletics. If you send us podcast at bigpeachrunningco.com, a number that you believe is reflective of the number of gold medals the U.S. team will have across all disciplines, both genders, number of gold medals. If you hit that number, or perhaps D2 and I will show a little bit of mercy, if you get anywhere close, and we give you kind of a closest to the pin marker, a pair of Saucony shoes to reflect Ty's deep expertise as a gift from your friends here at the Run ATL podcast. Ty, before we let you go, one last question. Take us to a break. When you think about watching these games and why they're so special, is there anything that you would suggest for all of us to be mindful of coming from a professional athlete's perspective that we just can't appreciate because we could never put ourselves in those same shoes and we're looking at it purely as spectators? Anything we should kind of keep in mind that you're i would give say, us from the athletes. Yeah, perspective. I would
2: say the little things. So of course, obviously, you know, when you see the, the guy or gal come across him first, I would say definitely try to keep an eye or perspective on second, third, fourth, fifth, mm. sixth, seventh, and eighth, because you know, a lot of times the things that separate those places are just some of the smallest things. Cause at mm-hmm. this, at this particular track meet, all eight lanes, all eight of those people can win the race. You know, there is no, you know, a few of the events, there's a a little bit of an advantage. But for the most part, the curve is pretty uh, even here. And so I would say definitely if you want to get some perspective, look at the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh and eighth place in these races. And that'll definitely give you a little bit of perspective to see where what mistake they made, because a lot of times it'll be just something small, something subtle. That can be the difference between second and six, you know. It that's doesn't a, take much.
1: <laughs> that's an awesome reminder because you think about the Olympic trials and we saw everybody's qualifying times. Yeah. And there were people we could immediately rule out, right? Yeah. It's like they made the qualifying standard, yeah. they hit that sub 222 or whatever it might have been. But then they have people who are running, you know, two twelve, yeah. and it's kinda like, well, it'd be really hard pressed over the last three months for this yeah. person to have picked up 17 minutes. Yeah, we're talking about hundreds or tenths of a second oh, yeah. separating the entire field. Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, it's one bend of the elbow or it oh, yeah. is one, you know, way to get out yeah. of the blocks. Oh, yeah. and you never hit quite that well. And then all of a sudden, you come home as a medalist. Got
2: to be on on that day. You got to be ready to go on that day. Nothing else matters
1: until you're at, that, at the line that day, ready to go. And that's awesome. Got to be on that day. We are not going to be off Quite yet. We're going to be back. We'll wrap this up after this very brief message.
0: At Big Peach Running Company, we take pride in listening to your needs. We take into account the shape of your feet, previous injuries, and activity level to guide you to comfortable shoes for your feet, whether you're a runner, walker, Fitness enthusiasts or simply need comfortable shoes to wear. We offer the best customer experience in the friendliest environment. It's no wonder we've been voted one of the best running stores in America by our fans. Visit any of our seven Big Peach Running Company locations for a free fit assessment and video gate analysis. Go to bigpeachrunningco.com.
1: And welcome back to the Run ATL Podcast. D2, that was really cool. One thing that you may not have figured out just quite yet. If we get another delay in the olympics it'll be about episode 310 before we get to do that again so let's hope it's only three more years after this and that we get back on that four-year cycle that way we don't have to wait that long to either have tie back or to talk about the olympic games
0: wow 300 episode i mean we're only on 110 right now and, and wow that's that's man we're we're definitely committed if we're uh, if we're uh, going to 300 i hope i hope we get there
1: yeah, that's exactly right well my arithmetic i will tell you a little fuzzy i i would round up perhaps to the nearest 100 and that'll get you at least close that should not be fact checked because i i do not actually know with a cadence of every 2 weeks and if we end up going to olympics only every 5 years but nonetheless it's going to be a long time before we have the good fun that we had doing that it was really, really cool. There's also something really, really cool. We're getting amped up much more close to home. Big Pete Sizzler. Give us some details.
0: Yeah, so Big Pete Sizzler, I mean, we are you know, the, the title sponsor and it benefits miles for cystic fibrosis. Uh, it is on Labor Day. It's September 6th. There is a 5K and a 10K. I actually signed up for the 5K, so I'm going to go out and try to do my best uh to just lay it all out there on a, on a 5k it's a uh, point-to-point course so if you're running the 10k course it'll start at the uh chambly marta station and finish down in uh in the buckhead station um behind uh you know like georgia 400 at lennox road i believe and then um the 5k which will start at the brookhaven marta station and will also finish uh at the same location there will be a uh, after party, as has happened in the past, there are still details and uh, you know safety protocols and COVID protocols that will need to be followed. But um, we they've gotten the go ahead to go ahead and and do the gathering as we've done uh, in the past. Um, for those of you that have uh, that are running Sizzler um, and have not have already signed up for it or are thinking about it, there's still time to do so. And if you want, you know, when you register register under the team, run ATL training. Um, and you will have a finish line tent specifically for that group. So we'll all be able to congregate and we'll have some other stuff, some giveaways and some other special uh, things going on there at the finish line. So we look forward to seeing you out there.
1: Awesome. Great reminder from Ride and Run to the Olympic Games to Big Pete Sizzler. That is a winning trifecta, also a winning combination is the fact that you and i get to do this again in just two weeks d2 thank you as always for getting this masterfully put together I know we'll see each other soon hopefully we'll be doing this again in person but it'll only be two weeks for the rest of you please know how grateful we are to you for tuning in you are the reason we do this certainly it is a privilege and a pleasure so do join us in just a fortnight for the next episode of the run atl podcast in the meantime as we always say as we certainly mean may your best miles be those covered on foot